Welcome to the Astrology Rocks podcast for the week of October 8th, 2012, brought to you by Sastrology. I'm Michelle Suzanne, author of your weekly forecast at Sastrology. You'll also find me at starstruckastrology.org. If you're a newcomer to astrology, jump in. I will explain and hopefully educate as we go along. Let's dive in and talk about what's up in the skies this week. All right, is everybody still standing after the intensity and drama of last week? My hope is that you not only survived, but thrived. And if you didn't thrive, I hope that whatever happened brought you to a place of clarity and truth, even if it might have hurt. Personally, I'm not sure I believe that ignorance is bliss. At any rate, you may be relieved to hear that this week is noticeably calmer. There's plenty of space to breathe deeply and get back to center if you lost it. The week begins with the moon in her home sign of emotionally protective and highly intuitive cancer. She will make her final quarter square, that's a 90 degree angle, to the sun in balance seeking Libra on Monday. Typically, This is the phase of the lunar cycle when it's appropriate to go within and take stock of what's been going on over the past three weeks. It's useful to consider whatever goals you set at the new moon. Remember that? It was a new moon in information-oriented Virgo on September 15th. Hopefully you set some intentions, and that powerful full moon we had last week would have likely provided you with feedback as to how your goals coming along. So now the final quarter square gives you a chance to assess how on target you are and what may need to be adjusted. The main idea is this. This is not the time of the lunar journey to begin a new project. Instead, do a little post-mortem. Assess what worked and what didn't and how you can move more smoothly through the next lunar cycle that begins next week. Now here's the catch. Both Cancer and Libra are cardinal signs, meaning they're action-oriented. So it may be very tempting to begin that brand new project because the instinct with cardinal energy is to get going now. There's a strong urge to externalize what we want when we engage with cardinal energy. But you know, going within and assessing where you are now versus where you want to go is not exactly passive work. It's an It's an active engagement with your interior landscape, which is as crucial to the process of manifesting as is taking external action. And the moon in Cancer is best used to attend to your inner life and to see what your emotional triggers are and how you can move out of emotional reactivity. Meanwhile, the sun in Libra, at a right angle to the moon, offers you a chance to assess the state of your key relationships especially the relationship you have with yourself. You might benefit from asking and answering questions such as, do I nurture myself or do I expect my partner or someone else to take care of me? Or another question, if I'm not partnered up in a world that hypes up committed monogamous relationships, how do I perceive myself? How do others perceive me? And should that matter? So we have lots of cosmic support to go deep and get to a truer place now. And I'm speaking first of a really lovely trine between the Sun in Libra and intelligent Jupiter retrograde in Gemini. 
That's in effect throughout the week with a particular emphasis on Tuesday when the alignment is exact. Now, Jupiter went retrograde last week, so that helps us all go deeper as we do our inner work. And Jupiter is also adept at spotting patterns and revealing the bigger picture. And Jupiter is connected to big dreams and goals. Meanwhile, the sun is our life-giving star. Its Latin name, by the way, is Sol, S-O-L. Sounds like a hint to me that we evoke our souls, S-O-U-L, when we're talking about the sun in astrology. Now, when a trine opens up between two planets, it's a, hundred and, it's a 120 degree angle that provides a clear traffic lane. Things come more easily when trines are around. For better or worse, you catch my drift? Because it's that when it rains, it pours aspect. So it's not the trines are inherently lucky, but used with intention, they can help you get from A to B more efficiently and joyfully especially since, in this case, the Sun and Jupiter are involved. So as the final quarter square moon takes us in, you can use the Sun-Jupiter energy to expand your sense of who you are and what you're capable of doing. Breathe yourself bigger if you can connect with that image. It's not about puffing up the ego so much as it is about remembering that you are great in spirit. And you can keep breathing deeply into who you are at your core, because we have even more support for this, courtesy of Venus in Virgo, making a trine to Pluto in Capricorn, and that is also on Tuesday. So Venus is the goddess of love, and she also rules your tastes and preferences, your values, and your money. And Pluto is the ruler of the underworld. Its energy brings us into contact with the erotic and the taboo, as well as the connection between birth and death. So we are talking about deep and intense energy, right? So love, that's Venus, is tinged with drama and intensity. That's Pluto this week. You know, the thing is, with Venus and Virgo isn't a drama queen at all, but she's open to Pluto's vibe this week because of that trine. So with Pluto as her guide, Venus is invested in knowing more about the power of love and the dark places it may take her to. Remember that in Virgo, Venus is the virgin, but she's about to receive an education in sexuality from Pluto. That trine, that 120 degree angle, suggests that Venus is a willing student to tutor Pluto. So if your desire is to explore your erotic energy and to come to know yourself through erotic play, you can tap into some deep power here. Pluto is about authentic power, right? All right, enjoy the spice, lovers, and may it bring you into a deeper relationship with yourself and your lover if you have one now. Pluto is also active with Mercury this week. They make a sextile, or a 60-degree alignment, on Wednesday. So Mercury is the little communication planet that could, and in its connection to powerful Pluto, know that your words have the potential to make a deep impact now. 
And this is all the more so because Mercury is in Pluto's sign of Scorpio. We've got X-ray vision with this mingling of energies. <laughs> now, you may see more than you bargained for, uh, but, well, that, that brings us back to the idea of whether or not ignorance is bliss. The corollary, of course, is that the truth hurts. Um, you know what? I don't buy into that. I don't think the truth needs to hurt, but you all decide for yourselves. Um, what I'm really loving about Mercury sextile Pluto is that it can bring about revelations that will get you out of any Neptunian fog or illusions you've been carrying around. How do you cure self-delusion? I mean, that's a legitimate question. It's a tough one to cure because... What if you don't know that you are self-deluded? My suggestion is that Mercury sextile Pluto may be actively engaged in ridding you of any illusions, if you have any. And amidst all of this flowing energy, Saturn and Neptune are still in a trine. More flow, more intuition, and practical action are combining now. It's as if the cosmos has opened up and given us time to breathe, to love, and eyes to see where we truly are. So since I've mentioned Saturn, let's keep the discussion of Saturn and Scorpio going. And since erotic energy is strong this week, let's go there. Because I'm thinking that with Saturn and Scorpio we will likely be treated to a new look or perhaps um, uh, a much longer look, more in-our-face look perhaps, at BDSM. Uh, bondage, dominance, submissives, um, masochism, sadomasochism, that kind of thing. BDSM is sort of a catchphrase for all those, all those things. But now that Scorpio's kink is engaging with Saturn's predilection for guilt, um, it does bring up, uh, it really does bring up an interesting look at how BDSM may be operating. You know, I'm wondering if even the most vanilla couples are going to dive into the world of role-playing, you know, with dominance and submissives. After all, Saturn is connecting with Neptune, the planet of make-believe, and this can really enhance sexual play through the use of imagination and fantasy and role-play. And my feeling is that if Saturn brings up feelings of guilt, then Neptune in Pisces has a way of washing that guilt away and absolving it. What do you think? Now, on a collective level, it should be interesting just to see what kind of cultural offerings make their way into pop culture. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey is now being adapted for film. I think they're on the lookout for the two stars. Um, I have no comment about the book's literary value, such as it is, but it's got some hot stuff. That much is true. So I suppose the movie will either elevate the material or it will just be um, an awkward embarrassment. Now, if you really don't want to wait around to find out, because we're probably looking a year down the road, then check out the movie Secretary, or Sexitary, as I call it. It stars James Spader and Maggie Gyllenhaal, and it was released 10 years ago. 
that's uh, quite a look. That's quite a look at uh, BDSM. What else can we expect in pop culture? It's probably safe to assume that vampire stories aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so what's the next hit now that Twilight is done? And please tell me that the next vampire movie will have a plot or something. Anything will actually happen. Enough said. By the way, does anybody else miss Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Oh, she was a kick-ass, excellent, powerful, Saturn and Scorpio kind of role model for women and girls. Okay, what about music? I'm thinking dark and brooding tunes may displace such peppy hits as Call Me Maybe. <laughs> um, we've got sultry songstress Lana Del Rey. Now, she was born with Pluto at three degrees of Scorpio. And with song titles such as Kill, Kill, and Born to Die, it's unlikely that she'll lighten up with transiting Saturn conjoining her natal Pluto. Now, if you have some favorite tunes that exemplify what Saturn in Scorpio feels like for you, please send them in. You can comment on the Sastrology Facebook page if you like. Same goes for movies and books that evoke for you the energy of Saturn and Scorpio. Isn't it amazing how artistic expression can really help us connect to what seems at times unspeakable? Things we either do not have the words for or are afraid to conjure up words for. And that can be part of Scorpio's turf, right? It's such a guarded, private sign. So let's find those words or create them. Now, I know Saturn and Scorpio is a personal journey for each and every one of us. But, you know, again, because we're talking inherently private Scorpio. It's not too big about revealing itself. Nevertheless, Saturn's involvement here says that this is also a collective journey. It's a cultural journey as well. So let's educate each other when we can. Send me your faves and tell me why you connect with them. I'm not going to reveal your name unless you really want me to, but I do want to reference it for our listeners in order to provide as many ways as possible for you to dive deep into Scorpio without feeling like you're going to drown. C'est cool. Thank you very much. We will talk on Saturn more next week. Until then, I would like to offer you an excerpt from astrologer Deborah Holdings' take on Scorpio. It's from her article, Scorpio the Scorpion, at skyscript.co.uk. Here is the quote. Scorpio doesn't walk into your territory. It doesn't flirt and cajole. It merely lets its own energy attract. And, when penetrating your secrets, it does so having lured you to a place where resistance is low. End of quote. And I really feel that astute summation of Scorpio's energy really neatly sums up this week's energy combining Mercury sextile Pluto as ruler of Scorpio, Venus trine Pluto, and our ongoing journey with Saturn and Scorpio. 
If things go too heavy and too deep for you this week, get into the vibe of sun trying Jupiter and lighten up with a few good belly laughs. That's also really great energy to reconnect with your core circle of friends. And as always, if you would benefit from some astrological guidance, I am happy to be at your service. I'm offering a 15% reduction in the price of many of my services this month. So please contact me at starstruckastrology.org for more information. And if you would like to offer any feedback on this Astrology Rocks podcast, I encourage you to do so on iTunes. I am Michelle Suzanne, and I really look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye-bye.